Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour, live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the LMC Radio Network. A show dedicated to open-minded discussion of spirituality, new thought, prayer, and the practical use of crystals. And now, your host, the Reverend John St. Germain. jocular and uh, loquacious Reverend John St. Germain, broadcasting live from the COVID capital of the world. Yes, Tennessee has the distinction of being the number one outbreak capital of COVID. Yes, we do. Uh, number one, uh, highest, highest incident of COVID, not in the United States, but in the freaking world, Tennessee, number one. And uh, I think one of our counties uh, is the highest incident of infection and death, both, uh, in Tennessee. This is what happens when you uh, elect – our mayor is Glenn Jacobs, who used to be uh, the former wrestler uh, Kane. Um, and our uh, governor was elected on the platform. He uh, is uh, – Commercials, he was standing in front of churches, basically, standing in front of a church. That was his platform. Nobody knew what is uh, – I'm, I'm so outraged by this, I can't even speak. Words fail me. Nobody knew what his economic platform was. Nobody um, knew what his um, political stance was, except he was a Republican and he supported Donald Trump, just that he stood in front of churches. So, oh, he's a good man. He stands in front of churches with his family. I'll tell you that um, both uh, Mayor Jacobs and Governor Lee passed um, COVID um, uh, mandates that were very lax. The uh, Republican Party had these super spreader events uh, where they had uh, conventions and uh, um, parties and picnics and uh, conventions and uh, convention centers, none of them wore masks. Um, and furthermore, these mandates said, well, we discourage public gatherings, but uh, everyone can go to church. Everyone can go to church, as if uh, uh, COVID uh, didn't pass church doors. And when they looked for uh, ground zero of a lot of these infections, uh, where do you think they started? Yeah, exactly. You know, so there you go. There you go. So, you know, for the people who voted for these idiots, all I, all I can tell you is maybe we learned. Maybe there's a learning curve where you, you stop back and reflect and say, maybe we should learn about people before we vote. Maybe we should learn. Maybe we should think before we vote. Do a little research. Look into the people. Ask questions of them. Ask questions of them. Many of the Tennessee um, politicians supported the, ten the Texas uh, uh, petition to the Supreme Court to throw out the votes that supported, uh, you know, the legitimate votes that supported uh, Joe Biden. Of course, the Supreme Court wouldn't even look at it. But uh, many of the Tennessee um, Republican politicians signed off on that. Oh, yes, we know their names. We we have our eye on them. Will they be reelected? Maybe. You know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It is an abomination, an abomination that these people first got into office and second that they are in office now. What are we going to do about it? Anyway, the reverend is going to move on from that. It's time to go on to something else. I guess we could um, talk – you know, the new year is coming up, uh, 2021. 
we should talk about New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. We may do a show on New Year's resolutions. Do you have resolutions? My resolution is I'm going to play my keyboard more. You know, I can't say I'm going to play play my organ more because uh, Jeremy Weiss is in the uh, chat room. And uh, I can't say things like that. I have to say I play my Wurlitzer keyboard. If I say I'm going to play my organ, I'm going to fondle my organ, I'm going to fiddle with my organ, I'm going to uh, uh, play around with my organ more, uh, Jeremy turns into a 12-year-old boy. And, you know, there it goes. So I can't say that. I have to say my Wurlitzer keyboard. I play with my Wurlitzer keyboard. And I, that's going to be my resolution for 2021. I've even bought um, fingering exercises for my – Horlitzer keyboard. Now we're all going to turn into 12-year-old boys, aren't we? And uh, um, spend more time with my Wurlitzer keyboard for 2021. With my hands on my Wurlitzer keyboard for 2021. There we go. That's my New Year's resolution. More time with my Wurlitzer keyboard. So... Yeah, yeah, resolutions, you know, they're uh, they're good. You, should, uh, you know, resolutions every day of the year. Every day I wake up, I say, well, I resolve to uh, get out of bed today. <laughs> Jeremy says, I'm good. I haven't said a word. <laughs> Jeremy has resolved not to say a word about, about it. <laughs> Jeremy's resolved to be an adult tonight. Um, I resolve every morning not to kill anyone. I say, today I will not kill uh, today I will not kill. Uh, <laughs> Tony says, no, no need to. John is saying them to himself. That's right. I'm indulging my own 12-year-old boy, my inner 12-year-old. I'm indulging it tonight. We're having a good time tonight. Um, we are the Crystal Silence League, you know, founded in um, oh, 1917 or so by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose, the purpose of uh, projecting positive prayer and um, energy to those in need of such. And when he passed into the silence um, around 1954, the league went with him until about 2007 when magical adepts from the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches brought it back into reincarnation cybernetically on the web, the World Wide Web, the interweb. Um, and you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And there's many, many uh, facets there, the uh, gift shop and the prayer page, and, you know, the prayer request page and uh, um, our manifesto and, uh, you know, what we do, the mission statement, the mission statement, uh, lots of lots of things there. So um, we'll go there in a minute. We'll go there in a minute and um, and look at it. Um, and, of course, we'll have our Crystal of the Week tonight. You know the show's been on the air for more than five years. They approached me. The producer of the LMC Radio Network approached me, and he said, we're going to do a radio show. I said, well, that's very interesting. He said, yes, and we'd like you to be the voice of the Crystal Silence League. And I said, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm very – but – and then Miss Cat called me and said, oh, we'd love you to be the voice of the Crystal Silence League. I said, but I'm so busy. I have so many things to do. And at the time, I was editing the newsletter. And uh, she said, oh, but just give it a try and see. I said, well, you know, what am I going to talk about for an hour uh, every week? And uh, and I said, well, I really will have no trouble finding something to talk about for an hour every week. That'd be no problem. And then I said, I said, let me I'll give it a try for a few months. And then six months turned into a year and then two years and then et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we're still going. We'll just keep going and going and going. And um if it, as long as people are willing to waste an hour of their life listening to me go on about various things, I'll continue to talk. I read all the time. I read several books a week and um, many articles, and uh, I, I'm willing to regurgitate the fruits of that uh, research. As we go along, as we go along, I will sure do it. And now, it's time for our Crystal of the Week. And of course, that's Chester, the genetically uh, altered Bonobo, playing the Congos for that soundbite, by the way. 
our, our um, Chris of the Week is a uh, uh, nah sapphire. You know, they come in different colors, orange and uh, red, etc. cetera. Uh, they're related to the star sapphire, by the way, and they're sapphires. These do cost some money, but they're worthwhile. Did you know that really fine sapphires and emeralds um, – are more valuable than diamonds. Did you know that? Uh, so uh, these uh, pad parach uh, sapphires are—they just exude energy, man. If you get these things, uh, of course they make rings and uh, 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 pendants and earrings and stuff out of them, uh, and they—they're uh, just incredible little jewels. Uh, and and these things are just. Uh, um, uh, uh, Oh man, they just vibrate, um, and, and I love them. But again, they are costly. Uh, some of these gems we use are pretty costly. You now you can get them raw. The, the ones that cost a lot of money are the ones that are cut. You can get emeralds and sapphires that are raw, um, fairly inexpensively. It just depends on what you want to uh, put in them. But sapphires are very royal and regal uh, crystals. Uh, they give off this uh, dignified, uh, powerful energy. Uh, and they're very hard. Um, sapphires are very hard to cut. They're uh, practically almost on the Mohs scale. They're up there with diamonds. Uh, and um, uh, sapphire dust is used like diamond dust. Uh, they um, use them in industrial uh, applications, and uh, and they'll use them for uh, industrial tools, uh, just like just like diamonds. Um, and they use them in high durability. Um, components uh, so they're very very tough so what do you use them for metaphysically well uh these particular sapphires are often used to enhance creative energy um and uh in uh certain um uh, asian countries like in india they they're used uh, to enhance sexual energy um they they very good for calming and focusing the mind um uh, so they're good for uh, when you get that tense feeling uh, to release tension uh, and uh, obsessive trains of thought, uh, those circular obsessive thoughts you get, you can uh, break those chains. Uh, uh, if you get congested with uh, ugly thoughts, uh, depressing thoughts, this can help open your mind. Uh, it flowers the mind, opens the mind to flower, puts flowers in your head. Uh, uh, beauty, um, beautiful thoughts, turns the ugly thoughts to beauty. Um, it's like a sun that, op- that comes out. Your mind is cloudy. It's like a sun that goes off. Um, these are called, it's one of the support stones. Uh, it uh, raises your energy. It it, uh, it raises, it elevates. Um, it uh, takes you from a lower state to a higher state. It increases your wisdom. Um, it's very valued uh, among uh, creative people like writers, artists. Uh, it can help you discern um, uh, good things from bad. It, uh, if, if you're writing, if you're doing art, you can say, well, you know, this is my better work uh, as opposed to my crappy work. It helps you discern that because sometimes it's hard to be objective about your own work. Um, sometimes these sapphires will have what looks like a star. The light will reflect as a star, and these are called star sapphires. And um, these are considered leadership stones. You wear these uh, if you need to be foremost in your field. And um, so these are very prized among leaders, business people, um, those who want to uh, be generals and uh, leaders in their field. Uh, It it helps you lead with integrity. Uh, So these are the uh, uh, Padparadsha sapphires. and uh, if you find yourself uh, able to get them, um, they're they're good to have. Um, you know, so you can you can grab you one and see what you can do. Um, uh, I I would get one, you know, if you can, and uh, and uh, keep it close, keep it close. The um, if you find yourself, um, uh, and if you would. Um, we can go to the uh, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, and if you're so inclined, uh, go to the prayer requests page, 
and you can join me in prayer, and we will pray for a number of people, as we do every week. And prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. Um, I, I, I had to field a uh, some accusations um, occasionally. People uh, very suspicious of us, um, but we're a nonprofit organization. We do have a gift shop, and if you go to the gift shop and buy um, a crystal or a book or something, you get a year's membership, and the membership gives you some privileges and rights, etc., where you can. Uh, uh, go a little deeper into the uh, uh, layers of the Crystal Silence League website. Um, uh, but we do need money to run the thing. Um, you know, all the labor is voluntary. Nobody is paid to do um, the stuff. I, we just had 300 reported posts that needed to be reviewed. Uh, before the show tonight, I reviewed over 100 of them and deleted uh, reported posts in prayers and I looked at about a hundred of them and um, deleted them nobody pays me for that that's what the pastors of the Crystal Silence League do and you know we pray a lot for these so um, if you will I'm just giving you time to get over there if you want to look at them and pray for it and we get a hundred to two hundred prayers a week of you know legitimate website and uh, look at these watches I have for sale, you know, things like this. And, uh, you know, everybody has a right to make money, you know, we sure do, but um, we, we don't I never thought I would ever see my lover again, but Dr. Uh, Shabubu uh, got him back got him back or got her back in 24 hours. Just go to WhatsApp dot doo and uh, uh, send $50 to uh, Dr. Shabubu and he will make all your dreams come true. We have to delete four or five of those a day on all of our websites and uh, report them. And it's, it's just crazy. And we get those on the crystal silence league too. We do not uh, endorse such people. We do not. Prayer ID one double zero nine five two. Who says, "Oh my goodness, my baby has tested positive for COVID. My husband, myself, and my other sons tested negative. Please pray for our health. I and my husband are high risk because we are diabetics. We cannot get sick. Pray for our son's speedy recovery and that we don't get sick. Thank you." And prayer ID 100951, Lord, unfreeze my life, unfreeze my path, unfreeze my truck. Help me put my truck back to the way it was back when it was running before it burned up. Oh, my God. Lord, help me get into this program so I can learn that trade, so I can take care of my family, so I can get paid. Lord, unfreeze my life. Let me feel love again. Let me forget all the pains of the past and freeze my life so I can move forward, please. Amen. And prayer ID 100950. For the good of all and with harm to no one, I ask for your prayers over the black and indigenous people of color of low socioeconomic status, students at Columbia University School of Social Work, students fall of the year 2020. May we be freed of the financial burden of student loan debts and other educational expenses. Let us be encouraged, creative, enriched, and evolved through our studies. May we be richly compensated for our work as interns, public servants, and essential workers. Above all, may we be reverent. I'll say. Prayer ID 100949, who says, I need money urgently. Oh, God, bless me with uh, 500,000 francs tonight let me pay my rent I guess it's francs FRS is that francs prayer ID 100947 dear God goddess of Venus Saint Martha Holy Spirit I have been continuously praying for an improvement in the relationship with YM it's been rocky and miserable my faith has reached its max 
I'm letting go. Please help me let go without too much of pain. I wish nothing but the best to YM. Grateful for what we have and that he plays a big role in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer ID 100945. He says, thank you, ancestors, for your intercession. Please stay with my family and me. He bless all at CS. Thank you. Amen. ID 100942. I pray that I find a man or woman who's a partner for life, who doesn't mind going 50-50 on housework and kids, who accepts me for who I am, that is open and honest about their feelings, that doesn't want to play games anymore, who's ready to settle down, who's dominant in the bedroom but not controlling in everyday life. This is very specific. And that I don't have to find this man or woman on Tinder, Bumble, or any online dating website. Please, 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 please. Amen. That was very specific. Prayer ID 100941. A prayer for reconciliation. That JG and SD will reconcile their relationship. Forgetting past problems and putting God first in their marriage to love and hold until death do they part. Amen. And another one, 100940, praying for true love. I pray that SM thinks about me and misses me all day, that she fears losing me and stops taking me for granted, that she truly evaluates her heart and is honest about her love for me. Amen. Let's just get a couple more here. We got good prayers tonight, man. I went through and cleaned this up. Is why we had about 50 prayers that were all repeated. Oh, uh, let's see, man. Um, uh, prayer ID one double zero nine one nine. Pray for my protection from anyone who would do harm against me. Pray for my restored health and freedom from problems. Thank God for answering prayers. Amen. Prayer ID 100917. I need prayer to stop this evil. There's black magic hindering my life. There's evil from CNKRTJMF Sr., EFJ, EF Jr., K, and W, N, some Haitian woman, uh, BC. Mississippi witches, and an address that I won't name, uh, another address I won't name, and this is where this evil is being done. Amen. It's a very specific prayer. Prayer ID 100916. Dear St. Jude, I would like to move into this townhouse with this specific address. Paid for cash and then some. Thank you. People are looking for homes. It's a good time to buy a house. Prayer ID 100913. Praying for protection over me, my children, dad, loved ones, and family. I pray for increased immunity for all of us during this time. I pray for good health and favor to surround us. Thank you for prayers. Praying your prayers are answered too. Amen. Removal of curses. Prayer number 100907. Remove any blockages, crossings, delays, and negative work currently causing malicious harm to me. Let us pray for just a minute, just a minute for um, all those in need of and let's pray for our audio tonight as well. Oh, Lord, give us audio.
and amen. That will probably kick in just as I'm talking. All right, we were talking about Dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A, the cause of all suffering. Actually, the pure suffering, the uh, uh, stress, suffering, etc. The uh, I remember uh, a very good um, uh, distinction of this. Um, is described in uh, meditation itself. I was uh, attending a meditation meeting, and um, you know we're sitting there, and everybody's fidgeting and uh, doing all this other stuff. And the uh, leader of meditation said, uh, "If you want to understand dukkha, watch yourself while you meditate. You're sitting there, and you get in a comfortable position while you're meditating, and then in a minute that comfortable position becomes irritable, and you shift." into another position. Then after a while, you shift into another position. And he said, that that's Dukkha. And he said, um, because Dukkha can be anything from that mild irritation that's just background noise while you're living to utter misery, the utter misery that we uh, experience sometimes when, with grief or with uh, um, uh the agony of uh, injury, um, sickness, um, and and just uh, any, anything in between. He said, there's no time when there's not dukkha. Uh, and he said, that restlessness you experience when you're shifting from one discomfort from the next, he said, that, that's samsara. That's, that's that restlessness that we have. We're always shifting from one thing to another, trying to find comfort. And... Um, and that's pretty cool. But one of the things that about dukkha, you understand, right? Dukkha is the bread and butter. It's the nuts and bolts of every human endeavor. Every human endeavor is fueled by dukkha, by by the stress. Um, every every science, art, endeavor uh, is addressing the problem of human suffering. Everything, everything. We and. Uh, we never talk about the problem of human happiness, right? Trying to solve the problem of human happiness. We never, we never have books, books in the universities trying to solve the problem of human happiness, right? It's all about the problem of human suffering. Uh, everything, everything is. Whole libraries, whole universities are dedicated to trying to alleviate human suffering. Everything, everything. Medicine. Uh, literature, architects, we build houses because we don't want uh, to be out in the elements. Uh, Art, literature, entertainment to take our minds off of it. Uh, I mean, medicine, come on, you know. um, uh, Every science is to try to make life easier. Uh, Everything is fueled by dukkha, by, by suffering. If it weren't for dukkha, we wouldn't have the width, breadth, and height of human knowledge. We would, we really wouldn't, and it, or it would be very different. It would be very different. The nature, the study of nature, would be very different. We unlock the secrets of nature to figure out how to deal with this restlessness. And when you when you think about that, that our curiosity about the universe is fueled by um, dukkha, um, you kind of understand why um, science is so violent. It's so violent. And when you look into the history of silence, or science, not silence, but the history of science, it is unutterably cruel. The history of science is so cruel. It's so cruel. Um, there's vivisection. Um, torture, uh, disregard of of life, the sanctity of life. It's so cruel and uh, so violent. And almost every branch of science uh, has been exploited to destroy. And while it's um, 
there's a great amount of good that has come out of it. There's a great amount of of suffering, and I've had I've had discussions with that um, how uh, advances of science has underpinning of cruelty, and uh, sometimes people get very upset with that and angry at me and said, "Well, if it was your child dying, um, wouldn't you say it's justified that these animals suffered?" And uh, I say, "No, no, no. There's no justification for it. No, no." No, it's it's unutterably cruel, and no, there's no justification. Why is one life more valuable than another? No, no, and uh, uh, there there truly is no justification for it. And I um because I, I've I've dwelled on this that the dukkha is not a motive, uh, a noble motive for anything really, and um. It's very it's very difficult to uh, to see that um, without a great deal of thought. But when 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 you think about this, that the dukkha is what makes the world go round, isn't it funny? Um, so we we go to the third noble truth, which is the cessation of dukkha, and it's a very important thing. It's a very important thing. And sometimes I think how much different my life would have been back in my mid thirties, if I had, uh, gone ahead and, uh, renounced the world and taken the robe and, uh, become a monk, how much different my life would have been. But I, I, I don't know. I had a, a, a Vedic astrologer, uh, do a, a very good reading for me. Um, if, if you want to have your mind blown, get a really good Vedic astrologer to do a reading for you. Vedic astrology is so much more accurate than Western astrology. Um, good Western astrologists, and uh, uh, it's very good when it's to take a robe, he said, he said, you will become a yogin. Your time to become a yogin will be in your mid fifties. And, uh, and, you know, he was right. He really was. I, I did not have the understanding in, in my mid fifties. I, be, I began to understand more um, about what it would take to become a yogin. And uh, uh, if I were to take the robe now, I would be very good at it. You know, the renouncing would be much easier for me. I would, I would be able to say, eh. <laughs> you know, my ability to go, nah, would be much better now than when I was a more passionate man in my in my thirties and forties. But to eliminate dukkha completely, one has to eliminate the main, main root of dukkha, right? Which is the thirst, this tanha. And that's not a thing you do one at a time. You say, okay, I'm going to uh, eliminate my uh, my great love for ice cream, you know, my great love for potato chips, my great love for sex. You got to get to the root of it. Um, because people say, well, you know, if if I have a desire for ice cream and I eat ice cream, I don't want it anymore. That's not that's not that's not that's not good enough. Have to get rid of the whole process of craving, the whole process itself, where it doesn't even happen anymore. And um, so, nirvana itself, nirvana. People say, well, what is nirvana? Nirvana is, and and there's so there's like. Tons of literature written about nirvana, but um, uh, most of what's written about nirvana confuses it more than uh, clarifies it, and most of it is what it's written in a negation. Um, and the only reasonable response to give to that question is that it can't be answered satisfactorily in words. And mostly, when the Buddha talked about it, um, he'd talk about what it isn't. He'd say it's the goal, it's the um, target, it's the desirable, it's the mind without feature, it's the mind all luminous without feature, it's the cessation, um, it's the lack of thirst. Um, so it's uh, Nirvana is known by the term Tan Hakaya which you'll notice it's got the word tanha in it, tanhakaya. It means the extinction of thirst. 
the extinction of thirst, no desire. And so all these all these words, absolute truth or ultimate reality, which is nirvana, uh, a, uh, is a supra-mundane experience. And absolute truth cannot fall into a category. Uh, we, we live in conditioned reality. Everything's conditioned. When you move beyond conditions, you cannot express in words, which are conditioned, what it means, right? Uh, there, there's a, a story about, um, uh, about a fish who had no words in his vocabulary or even thoughts to express the nature of solid land. So a tortoise went into the water. My good friend, the fish, good sir. You can't swim on the land. You have to walk uh, because it's solid and you walk on it and you can't swim in it. And the fish said, no, no, you, you know, you're mistaken. You, you, you swim. And because the world is made of liquid, you swim. You can't walk on it. You, you know, you, you're crazy. There are waves, and you dive in it, and you swim in it. But what you're talking about is, is, is crazy talk. You can't do it. So the fish had no concept, no thoughts um, <laughs> with, uh, uh, with this. So um, – the turtle was trying to describe something to the fish that words and even concepts didn't exist for the fish. And of course, there's there's a Plato's cave, right? Um, which I talked about on the show one time, and we won't go into that right now. But um, you know, people who lived in the cave all the time had no concept of the outside world. They just saw shadows and stuff. And then a guy escaped and went out and saw the outside world and came back and tried to describe it. No, no, no. The world consists of shadows. They go, no, no, there are people that walk around out there. and No, no, you're crazy, man. That's crazy talk. So these words that, that are symbols for the thing are not the thing itself, um, uh, but they represent ideas that are known to us. But these symbols don't convey the true nature of even the most ordinary thing. And, uh, you know, even when we're uh, looking at bricks and coffee cups, we're not experiencing the reality of these things, but a a story that our uh, mind is telling us. We're looking at our own consciousness. We're looking at our own consciousness at work, but we're not ex- experiencing the object itself, which is a series of events that are occurring. And we're not even ex- uh, experiencing those series of events. We are examining our consciousness telling us stories, basically, about that series of events. We're not looking at the the brick. We're looking at our own consciousness telling us things about an object that we uh, – or a series of actions that, for, for convention's sake, we call a brick. It, it's, it's a concept. It's an idea that we call a brick. But it has nothing to do with whatever that thing is that's busily being a brick. And there is a brick sitting on a table, but is there really a separation between the brick and the table? There's a series of interactive events that are occurring, which we cannot possibly conceive. This is why Buddhists talk about conventional reality and ultimate reality. Only the arhat, the enlightened being, can grasp ultimate reality, and that is nirvana, free of conditions. That's why language is considered deceptive and misleading in the understanding of the truth. There are nouns and verbs. Nouns and verbs separate the object from action. But in ultimate reality, there are no nouns and verbs. There's only action. There's only being. That's why, it's con- that's why you, you hear this uh, kind of misleading thing, become, becoming one with reality. makes it impossible to understand reality. Objects interacting with themselves and other objects. Pure mathematics is a language of enlightenment. 
it's very interesting. There, um, there have been mathematicians who have um, become arhats. It's very, it's very, very interesting. Um, but we can't live without language, right? We can't. We can't do without language. But if nirvana is to be expressed and explained in positive terms, we're likely um, to immediately grasp an idea associated with those terms, <coughs> which may have nothing to do with nirvana. Uh, therefore, nirvana is uh, generally by the teachers expressed in negative terms, which is less dangerous and less <laughs> misleading, right? Uh, so it's often referred to by um, uh, negative terms like extinction of thirst, the uncompounded, the unconditioned, the absence of desire, cessation, which is Naroda. Mostly I've heard it referred to as Naroda, uh, the noble truth of Naroda. Uh, Nibbana, which is blowing out or extinction. Um, uh, Buddha talks about it. Uh, it's the complete cessation of that very thirst, giving it up renouncing it, emancipation from it, detachment from it, calming of all conditioned things, giving up of all defilements, extinction of thirst, detachment, cessation, nirvana. Uh, Buddha drilled this in. He drills this in. Uh, he says, O bhikkhus, what is the absolute, the unconditioned? It is, O bhikkhus, the extinction of desire, the extinction of hatred, the extinction of illusion. This, O bhikkhus, is called the absolute. And he said to his uh, son, he said, Oh, Radha, the extinction of thirst is nirvana. And he said, Oh, bhikkhus, whatever there may be things conditioned or unconditioned, among them detachment is the highest. And so this is to say that freedom from conceit, destruction of thirst, the uprooting of attachment, the cutting off of continuity, the extinction of thirst, detachment, cessation, nirvana. And so uh, Sariputta, who was uh, second only to the Buddha in attainment, um, uh, once said uh, to, uh, to the questions, uh, one of the monks said, what is nirvana? And this was posed by a, uh, a very ardent uh, seeker, uh, uh, Haka. Uh, he said it's identical with the definition of uh, asamkata, which is given by the Buddha, he said, the extinction of desire, the extinction of hatred, the extinction of illusion. Very simple. Very simple. So, the abandoning and destruction of desire and craving for these five aggregates of attachment, that is the cessation of dukkha. So, Buddha, Sariputra, they went around in very different ways to try to make this point without actually saying nirvana is if not hundreds of approaches is the unborn, the ungrown, the unconditioned. Were there not the unborn, the ungrown, and the unconditioned, there would be no escape for the born, grown, and conditioned. Since there is the unborn, the ungrown, the unconditioned, so there is escape for the born, grown, and conditioned. Here the four elements of solid, fluid, heat, and motion have no place. The notions of length and breadth, the subtle and the gross, the good and evil, name and form, are altogether destroyed. Neither this world nor the other, nor coming, going, or standing, neither death nor birth, nor sense objects are to be found. Because nirvana... It's thus expressed in negative terms. There are many who've got this wrong notion, and this is very important, very important, because I've, I've talked to people about this, and they say, well, that's no fun. You just cease to exist. That's no fun. Well, we're not looking for fun, for one thing, but there's this wrong notion, this wrong idea that it's negative and that it expresses annihilation. And even people in the Pali Text Society, who uh, translate, the very first people who translated the Pali Text into English, um, made that mistake, that there was this void. And Jack Kerouac, who was a, a Dharma bum, um, thought that you're talking about emptiness, void, non-existence. Um, but it's not. 
nirvana is definitely not annihilation of self. First of all, because there's no self to annihilate, if at all, it's the annihilation of the illusion of the false idea of self. But it's incorrect to say that nirvana is negative or positive because these ideas of negative or positive are relative, and they're within the realm of conditioned reality. So they can't be applied to nirvana. Absolute truth is beyond duality and beyond relativity. Let's take just a moment here. And now we'll pause for station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So there's a very important um, discussion. What, what happened? What happened? Did something bad happen? We get some idea of uh, a very important discussion. Um, ultimate truth, absolute truth, the uh, the rock bottom, you know, the thing. And uh, uh, the uh, oh, Jeremy, did you get dropped off? Um, thing called. Uh, the Datu Vibanga Sutta, and uh, Datus are uh, elements. Uh, there's a lot of terms. You get Dharmas and Datus, but Datus are elements. And the Datu Vibanga Sattu um, is in the middle-length discourses of uh, of the Buddha. And this is a very important, um, uh, uh, very important discourse. So. Um, Buddha found this uh, chap named uh, Pukasati in uh, in a shed, and he was uh, going to find the Buddha to uh, become a uh, become one of his apostles or disciples. And Buddha found him, and Buddha talked to him through the night, and uh, he said, uh, "Buddha, with his discernment, knew how to reach him. He talked to different people in different ways." And he said, a man is composed of six elements, solid, fluid, heat, motion, space, and consciousness. So a man of discernment analyzes these and finds that none of these is mine or me or myself. And he understands that consciousness appears and disappears, and pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral sensations appear and disappear. And through this knowledge, his mind becomes detached. Then he finds within a, a pure equanimity, which he can direct toward the attainment of any high spiritual state, and he knows that thus this pure equanimity will last for a long period. But then he thinks, if I focus this purified and cleansed equanimity on the sphere of infinite space and develop a mind conforming thereto, that is a mental creation. And if I focus this purified and cleansed equanimity on the sphere of infinite consciousness or on the sphere of nothingness or on the sphere of neither perception and non-perception and develop a mind conforming thereto, that, too, is a mental creation. Then he neither mentally creates nor wills continuity in becoming or annihilation, as he does not construct nor does not will continuity in becoming or annihilation. He doesn't cling to anything in the world. And as he doesn't cling, he's not anxious. As he's not anxious, he's completely calmed within. And there's a subnote to that. He says he's fully blown out within Patakam Yeva Parinabhati, and he knows, finished his birth, lived his pure life, what should be done is done, nothing more is left to be done. 
Now, when he experiences a pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral sensation, he knows that it's impermanent, that it does not bind him, that it's not experienced with passion. Whatever may be the sensation, he experiences it without being bound to it. He knows that all those sensations will be pacified with the dissolution of the body, just as the flame of a lamp goes out when oil and wick goes out. Therefore, young man, a person so endowed is endowed with the absolute wisdom for the knowledge of the extinction of all dukkha is the absolute noble wisdom. This is deliverance, founded on truth. It's unshakable. Oh, bhikkhu, that which is unreality is false. That which is reality, nirvana is truth. Therefore, young man, a person so endowed is endowed with this absolute truth, for the absolute noble truth is nirvana, which is reality. So you know what happened to this guy? Uh, he became enlightened. The Buddha took his leave of him, and uh, he was killed by a cow. That's what happened to him. So, so anyway, elsewhere, the Buddha uses the word truth in place of nirvana. He said, I'll teach you the truth and the path leading to the truth. So what we know is that ultimate truth is nirvana. So what is this absolute truth? Uh, well, according to Buddhism, the absolute truth is that there's nothing absolute in the world, that everything's relative, conditioned, and impermanent, and that there's no unchanging, everlasting, absolute substance like self, soul, atman, within or without. And this absolute truth, truth is never negative, though there's a popular expression as negative truth. The realization of this truth, to see things as they are, without illusion or ignorance, is the extinction of craving, this thirst, this tanha, and the cessation, or nirota, which is nirvana. It's the interesting and useful to remember that the Mahayana view of nirvana as not being different from samsara. The same thing as samsara or nirvana according to the way you look at it, subjectively or objectively. This Mahayana view was probably developed out of the idea found in the original Theravada Pali text to which we have just referred to in, the, in this discussion that we've been talking about for about a month now. Uh, Mahayana, uh, you know, it's Dalai Lama Buddhism, you know, Tibetan Buddhism, um, has a different approach than Theravada. Um, they believe that heaven and hell is the same thing. You know, uh, nirvana and samsara is the same thing, depending on how you look at it. So, um, but you can't truthfully say that nirvana is the natural result of the extinction of craving, because nirvana is not the result of anything. If it would be a result, then it would be the effect produced by a cause. So it would be produced and conditioned, right? This is why nirvana is so difficult to explain. Uh, nirvana is neither cause nor effect. It's beyond cause and effect. Truth is not a result nor an effect. It's not produced like a mystic spiritual mental state, such as uh, a samadhi or a jhana. Truth is. Nirvana is. And the only thing you can do is see it or realize it. There's a path leading to the realization of nirvana, but nirvana is not the result of this path. You can get to the mountain along a path, but the mountain is not the result nor the effect of a path. You can see a light, but the light is not the result of your eyesight. So a question that you hear a lot is, what is there after nirvana? And this question can't arise because nirvana is the ultimate truth. It is the end. If it's not, if it is ultimate, there can be nothing after it. If there's anything after nirvana, then that would be the ultimate and not nirvana. There was a monk, and his name was Radha, put this question to the Buddha in a different form. He said, for what purpose or end is nirvana? And the question presupposes something after nirvana when it postulates some purpose or end for it. So the Buddha answered, oh, Radha, this question cannot catch its limit. <laughs> in other words, um, it's beside the point. One lives the holy life with nirvana as a final plunge into the absolute truth as its goal, as its ultimate end. So uh, some um, popularly uh, inaccurately phrased expressions like the Buddha entered into nirvana or parinibbana after his death um, 
give rise to many speculations about nirvana. And the moment you hear the phrase like the Buddha entered into nirvana or paranirvana, you take nirvana to be a state or a realm or a position in which there's some sort of existence. And try to imagine it in terms of the senses of the word existence as it's known to us, right? Uh, like a place, like heaven. Um, and this popular expression, entered into nirvana, had no equivalent in the original Pali text. There's no such thing as entering into nirvana after death. There is a word, parinirvana, used to denote the death of the Buddha or an arhat who's realized nirvana, but it doesn't mean entering into nirvana. Paranabuto simply means fully passed away, fully blown out, or fully extinct because the Buddha or an arhat has no reexistence after his death. So what happens to the Buddha or an arhat after his death, parinirvana? And this comes under the category of unanswered questions. So even when the Buddha spoke about this, he indicated that no words in our vocabulary could express what happens to an arhat after his death. And in reply to a fellow named Vacha, the Buddha said that terms like born or not born do not apply in the case of an arhat because those things, matter, sensation, perception, mental activities, consciousness, with which the terms like born and not born are associated, are completely destroyed and uprooted, never to rise again after death. So this arhat after his death is often compared to a fire gone out when the supply of wood is over, or to the flame of a lamp gone out when the wick and oil are finished. And you have to understand without any confusion that what's compared to a flame or the fire gone out is not nirvana, but the being composed the five aggregates who realize nirvana. And it's got to be emphasized because many people, even some very great scholars, have misunderstood and misinterpreted the simile as referring to nirvana. And nirvana is never compared to a fire or a lamp gone out. Time for us to go. And we'll be back next week. And always remember, the Reverend loves you. And we'll be back with what do we mean by the mind like fire unbound? Is it extinction? Oh, no. We'll be back. This has been the Crystal Silence League Hour. Heard exclusively on the LMC Radio Network. Join us next time for spiritual fellowship and discussion of spirituality, prayer, and advice on the practical use of crystals. It's been 30 days since the county bought it up a window kids away a simple life disappeared on tiptoe I'm talking to a man who reads tomorrow's past and present mysteries even eastern bay Cherokee rich with family history Shepherds, the church of divine harmony, serving lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee. He faithfully prays with the crystal silence league. Reverend St. Germain. Operates a jacket beads at nightly Hanging from a chain He sealed his hair and wax And wound it tightly Sweet with white cologne Clearing paths of sandalwood and chicory Decorating homes With babies for a strong instead of victory Church of Divine Harmony Serving the Lord